Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is good to be with you again. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com, and find a library of all of our episodes there. You can also get more information about our sponsor, CFS Financial. That is my company. We consult with nonprofits, primarily Christian organizations all over the country on all things financial, including uh, debt negotiation, financing new projects, strategic planning, all, all things uh, financial, including uh, board governance and uh, the like. So uh, whether it's an income statement related issue, a balance sheet issue, long-term planning, uh, please don't hesitate to contact us. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the power of God, God's omnipotence. You know, I forgot to mention you can send an email uh, to john at johnwarrenmedia.com. I, I welcome your contact and appreciate your questions and thoughts and just encouragement. It's amazing uh, that, that this audience has grown and I'm grateful for your engagement. You can also use our contact form on the website. But back to our subject this week, it is the power of God. Last week, we talked about God's grace, mercy, and love and how they work together as part of his essence. But today, we're going to talk about omnipotence, God being all-powerful. Nothing is is beyond God's ability. You have to be careful when we say that, but God is all-powerful. All power is his. All power is possessed by God. That's that's a hard concept for us to grasp as as humans isn't it we we, we use that word anthropomorphic uh, for a couple of, of weeks now uh, that that uh, ascribing human attributes to something non-human in this case god and and we can we can sort of get lost in 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 the words here but uh, all power when god is all powerful it doesn't just mean that that he has a bunch of power that he's he's one of the most you know powerful entities uh, people um, on, on, on this, on this earth or, or in this universe or, or period. Uh, he's a powerful deity. No, he is, he is, he is all power, all, all powerful. It, this is, this is the greatness of God. All power is possessed by him. And we see this in scripture. No one or thing can exercise power over him. God possesses all power. What little power we have as humans, although, boy, we sure don't act like it, has been delegated to us by God. He has all power. A, a weak analogy here, and I, I thought I'd share this with you, is, is the U.S. Constitution. There's a clause, those of you who study it know, there's a supremacy clause. It's a beautiful clause near the end of the Constitution, near the end of the document that says, this is the supreme law of the land, this Constitution and all the laws that related to it. We call it the supremacy clause. It means that all other laws and rules, state laws, county laws, city laws, HOA rules, country club rules, club rules of other types, 
are, are et cetera, are subject to and inferior to the U.S. Constitution. And, and that, that's a, a beautiful clause to have in the Constitution because it makes clear that the Constitution is, is the source of all authority in the United States. Well, God has all power. He has delegated some power to angels, to, to humans, even, even to animals in a sense, but he is the source of all power and there's no power that exists, exists that isn't delegated by him. As we discussed for the other attributes of God, his omnipotence, this being all-powerful, includes all of the other attributes. He is one in essence, so his power is immutable or unchanging. It's part of his very essence. It's, it's, it, his power is loving. It's, it's full of grace and mercy, and his grace and mercy are full of power, and, and so on. You know, it's interesting, Martin Luther said, that the devil is God's devil to carry out God's own purposes. Boy, is that counterintuitive. God and Satan aren't in a power struggle over who controls the universe. Satan's power is from God. Nothing is even hard for God, difficult, challenging. He has no unmet desires. One of his Old Testament names is El Shaddai. You're probably familiar with that. It means God Almighty. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is too hard for God. What an encouragement this should be in our prayer life. His power is infinite. It's, it's boundless. It's unlimited. We could go on and on. Tozer said, since God has all power in the universe... And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but the, the Lord God Almighty can do anything as easily as he can do anything else. He expends no energy that must be replenished. All of the power required to do all he wills lies in him in undiminished fullness. So I want to talk about just a few thoughts on, on God's power. And I, I, I'm going to kind of number these, but, but first, he has, he has infinite power. God has unlimited, boundless power. We have desires that we can't fulfill. I'm, I'm actually thankful for that because our desires are not perfect, are they? Well, God has the power to carry out all of his desires. And I'm thankful for that because his desires are perfect. Can you imagine? And the answer is no, I can't. Can, can you imagine having the ability to carry out all your desires. I mean, or even having perfect desires and then having the ability to carry out all of your desires. That is who God is. That should make us fall on our faces and worship him. Psalm 33 says it really well. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses, let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. That's Psalm 33, 6 through 8. And it goes on, that whole psalm is worth reading. And 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 that that is just true. But he we could go to the Genesis account in the beginning, God, and and he, you know, he said, Let there be. He did not have tools, he did not have substances, he did not have raw materials. He created the earth out of nothing. 
That is power. Created the universe out of nothing. Now, you know, especially younger people will remember, and maybe some older people who, who study science will remember, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Now, I, I struggle with that a little bit. I, 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 one of the things that occurred to me is, is that the, the, the speed of sound is a little slower. I think, I think that's right. Because I was at a ballpark and saw somebody hit a ball and heard the sound like a nanosecond or maybe a half second later because I was far away. But God created light. It moves at 186,000 miles per second each. So he created the light and the speed of light. But the nearest star to us, well, listen to this, is 4.24 light years from Earth. 4.24 light years. That is traveling at 186,000 miles per second. It's called Proxima Centauri. It is 25.3 million miles from Earth. I cannot fathom this. It would take thousands of years, several thousand years of travel to reach this star by our most efficient, most powerful spacecraft. God created this. This incredible number of stars. I'm just talking about the one closest to us at 4.24 light years. So if you journey the perimeter of the universe, I say that like I understand what that means. It would take 500 billion years to journey the perimeter of the universe moving at the speed of light. 500 billion years. Here's one for you. The sun is 864,000 miles in diameter and could hold over 1 million planets in its, its volume. It would hold over 1 million planets the size of the earth. <laughs> That's incredible. There's one star that has a diameter of 100 million miles. This is larger than the Earth's orbit around the sun. And, and, and just as an aside, sunlight takes eight and a half minutes to reach the Earth from the sun. So you turn the sun off, and I, I've heard it's 12 minutes, but, it, but it's somewhere between eight and a half and 12 minutes. And, th and then when you, when you look at the human body, and, and here's where I'm really going to get in trouble with my physician friends. I wish I had one on with me to talk about this, but the, the human body fascinates me too. You, did you know we have 50 to 100 trillion cells? And th there are many, many types if, if, you, if you really segment them with any detail. But there are four primary types, epithelial, epithelial rather, sorry, nerve, muscle, and connective tissue cells. The body is complex. If you've studied the body systems, and I, I tried when I was diagnosed with colon cancer years ago, almost 20 years ago, I, I, I really started learning more about, I, mean, I didn't even know what a lymph node was. And since my cancer was stage three, I, I had to quickly learn and had to learn about the chemo drugs and what they do and don't do and how they're dispensed into the top of the heart and the reasons for that. And just just the whole thing. I, I I'm fascinated by the body's systems. I 
I have some digestive issues as a result of having had that cancer. Thankfully, they're all very manageable. Uh, I have nothing to complain about, but but learning how all of that works and 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 I I just barely scratched the surface. I I I didn't know the difference between the large intestine and the small intestine and I had no idea what the gallbladder does or the appendix or the uh, any any number of other uh, you know the spleen or or any any number of other uh, organs I I just I just really didn't I didn't understand I, I the the vasovagal nerve the the vagus complex that runs from your head to your stomach is is just fascinating uh, learned about that when our daughter passed out a couple of times and had to had to learn what causes that my my wife gets a sense of uh, illness if if her stomach is uh, impacted um, in, in a certain way and and she will actually pass out this happened we were we were at a restaurant with my brother and his wife and she passed out just we'd just gotten there and and uh, we're visiting them and oh it just scared them to death I mean, it's really kind of scary to watch she was standing next to me said she didn't feel well and whoop down she went and uh, i kind of caught her and uh, it's just but, but but that system that 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 you know protects the brain when blood pressure drops and it, it's way more complicated than that but it's just amazing to me so the body is 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 complex and 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 you see you see god's power in in the in the solar system and and uh, throughout the universe and and even in the the human body we could talk about all kinds of uh, microscopic detail in in the cells themselves that that would would further be indicative of god's amazing uh, design his power in in creation well we also see it in waterfalls you know i i am fascinated by waterfalls i think my students find this humorous I, I don't i don't think they're as fascinated as i am but if you go to a high volume waterfall and there are some uh the closest ones to us are in north georgia and uh, uh western north and south and north carolina um but and, and i know there's some in tennessee and in the smoky mountains and that that whole region now there are about five states that come together there i don't want to leave anybody out but they uh, it, it, they fascinate me because if you go to a high volume waterfall that that is under normal conditions, something you know when we don't have drought conditions, is just flowing at I don't know how many cubic feet per second, but I mean just really flowing. It it just amazes me that that it, it never runs dry. I mean, you look at the volume of water moving downstream. So this is this is really just I mean, usually this is a drop in a river, right? And, and sometimes there's a lake up above and sometimes there's a dam involved and controlled by man. But I'm just talking about just regular old North Carolina, Brevard, North Carolina area waterfalls is, is what I have in my head as I'm describing this. How in the world do they not run out of water? Well, there are rivers up above and eventually you've got the Great Lakes up there and, 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 and you've got the water cycle. You've got this thing called the watershed. Which is which is lots of bodies of water that come together. I mean, it's it's complicated, but but you have condensation, evaporation, and 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 all all that, and and you you can tell from my stuttering. I I don't I don't know how it works exactly, but I but I know there's a water cycle, and I know that it cycles, and and uh, 
I bet the jet stream is somehow involved. It's involved in everything weather related and water related. But but isn't it just amazing that 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 God made made those waterfalls? And then we went to the beach uh, recently. To we we like this place in Palm Coast that uh, really is a nice beach area and it's private and uh, it's great restaurants and and a nice gym and pool complex and and just a really neat property and and you know I, I just have to wonder how does so so there was a storm that came through there a couple of years ago and uh not not this year but last hurricane season and and it just destroyed it just it altered the the beach it it took sand out and 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 uh it, it destroyed dunes and 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 the the storm surge was terrible and there there's this project that they 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 did to to try to rebuild the dunes and and they they've got these little little plants that you know looks like seagrass or I, I forget what they call it but it's designed to fortify the the dunes and and the ocean's just beating on it i mean they're they're getting some wind out of the northeast and and it's and and, it, and it's it's taking what was probably a very expensive project and ruining it and and those those plants are are just lying on the ground and 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 being washed out to sea and and they're at high tide there's no beach and and there there's a golf course there and and a couple of the fairways abut the uh the the beach and 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 there there's there's just no room for to, for people to you know they have these lounge chairs and things there and and they 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 have to take them all away and there's no room for them at high tide especially and at low tide there's not a lot of room I'm I I guess that all that cycles naturally and I know our global warming friends are contending that that's what's going on there but is isn't it just amazing that the oceans contain their water I mean it, that that really amazes me. We we like to look at property sometimes, and we bought and sold lots of houses over the years. We always live in them. We're not flippers or investors necessarily, but it's it's just astounding to me how seawalls work and how they uh, water water stays within its boundaries. And how and I know to many of you that this is not nearly as interesting as it is to me, but it's just God's creation is fascinating. Let's say it that way. And and you can look at the tilt of the earth and the proximity to the sun and the uh, gravity and the way that works and the, the whole tidal system. I don't understand the, the what, what even is high tide and low tide and what causes it. I, I understand it's the moon, but but even that, I mean, the, this this world is beautifully. God's power is seen everywhere and it's just beautiful. If you look at Jeremiah 32, 17, it says, ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Matthew 19, 26, look at this one. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He's talking to the guy, the rich guy, and he's talking about entering in, into heaven. Isn't that true? With God, all things are possible because of his power. You know, you you might have noticed that I'm I'm painfully sensitive to context when we talk about scripture. So I like to tell you about the the context when we when we move quickly through several passages, like we're doing today. 
So the point of the the Matthew text is that the rich man entering heaven, uh, God God can save the chief of sinners. No one is beyond him. No one is too hard for God to save. This this power of God impacts our lives, our prayer lives. God God has infinite power. What what a beautiful truth. His power is also invincible. Kind of the second point for today. All all of his purposes are are moving forward. And and we see this throughout scripture, but here, here's one, Job, Job 42, verse two. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Again, very similar to that, that, that desire idea. No purpose of God can be thwarted. We see that again in Isaiah 14, verse 27. For the Lord of hosts has purposed and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out and who will turn it back? Isaiah 43, 13, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. I am God, and henceforth I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? You know, this isn't just an academic truth, this power of God. It gives us tremendous comfort in his faithfulness. We can rest. This reduces our anxiety. This is the reason that we can rely on prayer. It's just beautiful to focus on these attributes of God, specifically today, his power. A third point about his power is he has inexhaustible power from everlasting to everlasting. That, that's, that's this idea of, we, we talk about it all the time, the eternal timeline. From eternity past through eternity future, and all points, no, no, no point is missing there. No point is, is vacated by God. He, he has inexhaustible power, all power, that, that, from eternity past through eternity future. That, that is just astounding. I mean, I, I mean this with respect to God when I say this, but I want to say this in human terms. He's not growing old or tired. He doesn't have less power at any point. A friend of mine who I respect as a pastor one time was talking about something and he said God's power was reduced temporarily. And I, I just don't see that in scripture. He has inexhaustible power. Listen to this from Isaiah 40. Verses 28 to 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God gives power to the weak. He is all-powerful. His power does not diminish. He is unlike a best friend who is always there for you. He, he is so much more than that. I hear people say that, and I appreciate that analogy, but it is woefully inadequate. He possesses all power. He can be relied on. He can be trusted. Philippians 4, verses 12 through 13. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. 
Here it is, verse 13, Philippians 4, I can do all things through him or through Christ who strengthens me. You might have that one on your refrigerator. You've probably posted it before. It's not a prosperity verse. Through him is Jesus Christ. This isn't a reference to everything I want or everything I name and claim. God has the power to do what he has called you to do. He has not called you to do something. He's, let me say it in really basic human terms. He has not asked you to be something that he won't give you the power to be. You ever see somebody doing something that you, you think, and you know, I, I always think of American Idol when I think of this, and I, I, I probably you know, shouldn't watch that show because it's kind of a waste of time, but I find it fascinating. And, and they, it's overproduced, and, and they don't let you know all the stories of all the people I'm sure. And I'm sure they're cleaned up and it, you know, it's, it's show business. I get that. But, but it, it just fascinates me that some people get on there and, and I, I think some of them are, are just there as, you know, these farcical characters, but, but there are some who think they have talent and about every third note is flat or you, know, you just think somebody should have told them you, you, you're not, you don't, you can't do this. And they'll, they'll have this big group of friends. And again, I realize some of that might be staged, but got this big group of friends. And when they come out, they don't have that golden ticket. They just are devastated. And I'm thinking, have you, have you never heard that person sing or, or they or they say they have a local, they sing at a local coffee shop or something. I bet they clear out that coffee shop because they, they just don't have talent. Well, God doesn't operate that way. He doesn't call us to things that he doesn't equip us to do. He has the power to do what he has called you to do. The issue is with us. The issue, the issue isn't, oh, God doesn't show me his will. I understand that's a complicated concept, especially when you're young. But he absolutely shows us his will and he enables us through his power. Psalm 102, 25 through 28. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure and their offspring shall be established before you. God has the power to do his will for his glory. The fourth observation about his power is that it is incomprehensible. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to comprehend it, but... Here we go. His power, his omnipotence is past finding out. What, whatever our thoughts are about God's power, they fall short. Think about that for a minute. Ephesians 3. I, I really like this. It's used as a benediction sometimes. Verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. He is able to do far more, far more abundantly. Did you catch that? Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So he's able to do, do more. He's able to do far more, far more abundantly, far more, far more abundantly than all that we ask, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. And then finally, far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to his power in us. 
Why don't we rest in that? What a beautiful promise. And then finally for today, his power is self-consistent. God's power, we've said this with every attribute that we've talked about, God's power works in perfect coordination with all of his other attributes. Hebrews 6.18, so that by two unchangeable things, you know this passage, I'll read verse 17. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Are there things that God cannot do? Yes, he cannot be inconsistent with any and all of his attributes. His power works perfectly in coordination with all of his other attributes. And even when I say that, I'm guilty of that anthropomorphic thing we talked about where I'm using human terms to describe God. I say all of his other attributes. We don't have other attributes. It's one essence with attributes in it that are through and through it. They're one substance. God cannot be consistent, inconsistent rather. He cannot be inconsistent with any. He must be consistent with all of his attributes. He can't be inconsistent with any of them. His greatness, his omnipotence, encourages and strengthens us. When we despair and think that we just can't go on or just can't do this, we can trust God to do it if he had called us, if he's called us to do it. I would just encourage you. I, I, I'm talking to me too. I know I say that a lot, but I, I would just encourage you to study this, this who God is. Look at Psalm 27, Psalm 89. Hebrews 1. God, I mean, you're, you're going to see, look at 1 Peter 5. There's another one. God, God's power restrains the malice of Satan. That, don't you ever look at evil and go, wow, what if that person was unrestrained by our legal system? What if Satan was unrestrained by God? A, a study of God's character, God's attributes is just beautiful. It informs us. It, I tell you what, it's jolting. It it is not. I I understand that these episodes might not be the most charming and charismatic. Talking about God's character, His immenseness, is really challenging. And when you when you look at man juxtaposed against God, you you, you can it can be depressing. You realize our smallness. It's not popular today to talk like this. I'm I'm aware of that. I get some criticism for talking like this, but that's okay because I want to be true to scripture. I want to close with this scripture, Jude verses 24. Jude just has one chapter, verses 24 and 25. I I like it in the King James version because that's how I learned it, but the English standard version is just fine as well. And so is NIV and American standard and some of the others, new American standard. But here it is in the King James version. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. How about that? 
dominion and power now and ever. Amen. That verse 24 says, he's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless. How does he do that? Because of the person of Jesus Christ. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, it gives him joy to present us faultless. It, it, it just astounds me. Be encouraged, believer. If you're hearing this for the first time and you say, I don't know about all this stuff, man. You sound so religious and I just tuned in because I liked your economics episode or something. I, I'd love it if you'd write me. I'd love to have a chance to explain the hope that lies within me, the the truth of the gospel. It, it's perfectly logical. I'd like. I'd just like to have a chance to talk to you about it. Write me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com or send a comment on our uh, contact page that go to the same email address. I would be delighted uh, to, to talk with you about these truths. This format is difficult. It's just difficult to develop these truths as beautifully uh, as, as they are. I'd like, I, I, I bet in my notes I have 10, oh, five or six verse passages that I didn't even read. I referenced the kind of the chapters as we as we were rifling through there, but there there's so much beautiful truth here that I I hope you'll you'll take advantage of, even if you just go to, like we said last time, Ephesians two and Romans five, just to get a really good idea of God's character, God's essence, God's attributes. I think it'll be a blessing to you. And as we study God, as we learn about His love for us, it is that love that enables us to love. We love because he first loved us. What a beautiful truth. So this is God's power. It is immense. It is frightening. It is jolting. It's it's hard to imagine. I bet when I talked about the planets, I I, I bet you thought, wow, that sounds really abstract. Abstract, and it, it does. It, 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 it's hard to grasp. I tried to put it in terms that we could sort of sort of taste a little bit. But I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I look forward to being with you again next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.